Optimistic Guy podcast with your host, Derek Zimmerman Gaia. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Optimistic Guy podcast with me, not repeating my long last name, that is a mouthful. It's 1.39 in the morning on here July 29th, Wednesday of, you know it, 2020, and I've really procrastinated editing this episode. I have no one to really apologize to, except for my guest. Uh, personal reasons, really, to why this episode has been pushed back so much and why I've had no content come out, and I'll dive into those personal reasons into a later episode, maybe, probably, more than likely. To uh, give you the gist real quick, this episode pretty much is a nice chat I had uh, with someone I socially networked with on Twitter, because that's what you do on social networks. Oh god, I've made that joke like five times in the last five intros, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, but here we are. I talked with Kate Norm, a Kennesaw State student who's majoring in emerging media and journalism, and also is a writer for Sports as a Job, the same um, the same account that posted the thread encouraging people in the media and journalism fields to network with each other, and here we are. Thanks to that thread, I'm here in my storage room full of all my childhood rooms <laughs> going at this intro for the umpteenth time. So, a really good chat with Kate. I won't spoil too much or idle. Her idols, what she does, why she does this, uh, her favorite sports moments, yada yada yada. You get the gist. The typical podcast stuff. Hopefully not. Hopefully not too typical. Hopefully you get a little uniqueness in there. Three things I want to talk about real quick. We're going to incorporate some optimism into the Optimistic Guy podcast because we got the guy, Guyer. It's a bad joke. I've made it so many times to myself. But optimism. Three things. We're going to make this a thing. So, vaccines. Do they work? How they work? When will they work? Well, Russia team, a Russian Russian team has been working on one that might be improved by mid-August. So, you know, I'm not going to work with that kind of stuff. I'm not going to make a 2020 joke. It's too obvious, but we know how 2020 works. Yeah. Uh, two things I'm going to roll into one here because we need to go. We need, we need to go. <laughs> Is sports are back. And sports are back leads into the third thing. NBA, MLB, NHL, WNBA, NFL, obviously. So we have things to cheer for now. Not only is the second part, the second thing, a good thing for you know these players and athletes and coaches to have all this effect. The third thing is that we have some entertainment finally that doesn't revolve around I don't know the uh, the MLB draft being televised because that can only carry us so far. So, we have that back. Patrick Mahomes owns the Royals now. Uh, yeah, the Royals are also going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's that's my fourth That's the, my fourth optimistic take <laughs> with the expanded playoff format. Enough from me. More from Kate. That's what we're here for. We're here for me asking the questions to Kate. Kate giving the answers. Your typical interview stuff. My hair is about to change because this is like two weeks ago. My shirt's going to change. The background's going to change. Don't change the channel. Don't change whatever socially network you're on. Socially network. All right, 143. Let's go. Kate Norm. Pitch the hawk and she takes that out to right field. That one's a way back. And it is out of here. Can you hear me? 
I think I can hear it. Okay, I can hear I you. Yes. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> I think it was uh, my new mic, sadly, that I've been trying to use. I guess it just doesn't uh, want to cooperate with Zoom. Oh. Hi, Kate. <laughs> hey, Derek. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty tired. I door dashed a lot this morning, like a lot. Oh, on top that's of, a hard job, I can imagine. I mean, I got, I got some pretty good tips, though, so, like, I'm not going to complain about it, like, at all. Mm -hmm. so, I'll complain about Amazon 24-7, but I'll, I won't complain about DoorDash. That's good. How long have you been doing that? Uh, DoorDash or Amazon? I guess both of them. Woo, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy. Uh, Amazon has been a little over two months now, almost three. On the 21st, open three. Mm. And then DoorDash, literally second day of doing DoorDash, I started Friday night. So, I mean, oh, wow. so my perfect. friend told me he makes pretty good money off of it. And on my first day, I made $100. I'll be, I worked a lot of hours, but like, wow. I still, I was like, Okay, I, I won't complain with driving around and making a hundred dollars, but it's good side hustling. <laughs> when Honestly, you like if you can really do it, more power to you. I just hate driving around like hours <laughs> on end, so that would driving drive me crazy. My favorite side hobby to do. It's so relaxing. Like I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's one of those things where uh, I, it takes no effort for me. Plus, I get to listen to music. So, like, that's a nice little added perk. That's the best part. Like, finding your playlist and just jamming out. Like, I like that. But, like, after a while, I just need my coffee. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. Like, I need a lot of coffee if I want to go, like, long hours. Well, literally, it's been over two months Amazon and literally just like the last two weeks they started playing music in the warehouse which has made it more bearable mm -hmm. but with DoorDash I get to drive around and you know I get, I get music right there it's, it's not even really a job <laughs> I'm just basically picking up groceries oh, and God. over and over and over so that's so nice that's uh I don't know how that job is available to literally anyone on the planet because you can make so much money off of it the system's kind of broken but it's like a good type of broken you know that's good you know you know how to work it i would be awful but that is awesome stuff thriving in this quarantine that's what's up yeah doing my absolute best <laughs> for quarantine standards how is uh how are things at eastern time i'm just gonna like break the fourth wall for podcast sake and just be <laughs> Hey, I'm we are thriving. We're thriving over here. I'm right outside Atlanta, Georgia. Doing great. Um, it always looks like it's going to rain over here. It like has those moments of like, it rains for like an hour and then it just stops and it's like, hey, it's a nice day again. I'm like, thanks for changing my plans. Yeah. Well, so whereabouts are you located? I'm in, I'm in Kansas City, basically. There's a bunch of okay. different, for anyone that is like, familiar with KC and mm -hmm. you know the little towns around it like there's Liberty which is I'm at Independence uh I'm blanking on the rest of them but there's a bunch of little sub towns and everyone's just like oh where are you from and someone says Liberty or like 
So basically, no one's gonna know what it is. So basically, Kansas City. Yeah, it's basically just Kansas City. Like the Chiefs aren't even located in real Kansas City. They're located off of, uh, I would say, close by Independence. I don't know. I, I literally work right behind the stadiums at the Amazon warehouse. So that's, I guess, ironic. <laughs> the perks. The perks. That's awesome. I, don't, I don't even get to see. I, I can't see it if I take an alternate route to the Amazon uh, warehouse. Uh, I'll get to see, you know, nice big old flashing lights at Arrowhead and uh, or lack thereof of flashing lights at Arrowhead and Kaufman. Oh. Beautiful. One day we'll be back. <laughs> I so, can't wait. Can you like just introduce yourself and like what's your what's your I guess your description right what now? Do I, what Why? do I do? Yeah. Okay. So my name is Kate Norum. I am finishing up my journalism degree at Kennesaw State University. It's right outside Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm really wanting to get into sports broadcasting. I've always been insanely fascinated with communicating with people about sports and just the overall aspect of engaging with people on that level. So it's like, hey, it made sense. I didn't know like that was like the term for it, like when I was like eight years old. But growing up, I became more and more obsessed with wanting to do it. And I was like, all right, we're going to try. We're going to do this. Um, so right now I'm actually, I was, I was like, wow, it's still 2020. Um, I'm, I write for my school's newspaper and then I also am involved with this like side, side thing. It's called sports as a job. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> They don't pay, but it's it's really great experience just to get involved with talking to people in the sports field. I've been making connections with like people that I never thought like I would like talk to because I was always like, wait, networking seems like insanely difficult. So I was never like into that at all. I was like, wow, this seems like a business. But like once you start like that first conversation then it like starts to like unravel and you're like wow these people are like very similar like I am just like that like that's exactly like how I feel and then you're like wow we're all the same this is crazy but we all have like different paths to like how we get there and stuff and I find that like insanely interesting so I think that's like why I've been so into wanting to go into sports broadcasting because it's like such an interesting field and you get to hear so many different perspectives from all over the world so that's like kind of like who i am and all that fun stuff so like yeah the backstories of, of people you see i guess like on tv and mm -hmm. then you actually like learn about them they're like oh yeah i forget that the people on tv are you know actually people and they're actually like literally our age at one point you know if you could believe that and you were telling me uh, that your first real awakening with, you know, sports casting was watching Tracy Wolfson, Sideline Report. Yes, I was always so impressed with seeing her on on the court side of just covering, like, basketball games, specifically, like, the NCAA tournament, like, 
oh gosh, it, was, it feels like so long ago. Like I remember seeing her and I was like, what, that's a girl? Like on the sidelines, I was like, I want to do that. And like, I didn't know like exactly what it was, but I was like, I kept getting like more and more intrigued with like, wow, like I enjoy talking to people and I, I enjoy being in front of cameras. And I, I enjoy that whole like aspect of like wanting to talk to people about this amazing like arena of like so many different areas you, you get like football soccer basketball it's like so many different areas that you could like fall into so I was always intrigued by that and from there I've just you know I guess try to imitate her a little bit but try to put my spin on things so that's I guess what kind of took off my love for sports broadcasting and with, with that one, the first time you like you watch someone like Tracy or herself, do you remember that specific moment, like the age, the game, or the tournament that day? You know, not all the huge details, but do you remember like some of the some of the key things that day uh, where you kind of basically, I guess, fell in love with sports casting and just the sports world in general? Hmm, I would say. There was like a specific moment that like I I guess I was talking to my grandfather because like I would always watch the NCAA tournament with him and like I would say to him whatever that lady's doing like on the court I was like watching one of the games oh gosh I can't even remember who was playing at the time but it was my mind's a blur but I just remember seeing her and I told my grandfather I was like whatever she's doing, like, I want to do that when I'm older. And and my grandfather was like, you can do that. Like, what's stopping you? And I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, like, whatever he <laughs> I know, I was like, that's possible? Like, okay, like, let me go try that. So <laughs> ever since then, like, I basically had it in the back of my mind of like, I want to do this. I want to like, make that happen somehow. I didn't know really how to make that happen. So I constantly like, tried to do something here and there to like go above and beyond of what I think I should be doing and just constantly talk to people and hopefully it'll all come together in the end so I'm constantly like talking to people and just you know making making something come out of whatever it is out there yeah just keep hoping just keep knocking on wood Exactly. I remember my first, my first kind of memory with sports. And my mom, she took me, she tried to take me to a lot of Chiefs games when I was really younger. I didn't like mm -hmm. understand anything. And also conveniently enough, the Chiefs kind of, uh, they weren't that good most of the time she tried. Uh, but I remember I was at my dad's place and it was 2010. And it was the season opener. And the Chiefs were playing the, the later half of a doubleheader from Monday Night Football. And the stadium, Arrowhead Stadium, was just opened up. Uh, it was just renewed, renovated and everything. And so it was a big deal. And my dad kind of made a big deal about it. But he, I could tell he was like trying to get me into sports. But it was funny because out here in KC, we get ESPN on ABC if the local networks don't have it. So we're going to get the ESPN broadcast. Except on that Monday night, it was 
uh, it was a very stormy and rainy night, and it and I lived in like I lived in this little tiny trailer with my dad, and we were far from KC, but it was still ra raining and storming there. And I just I I remember specifically the crowd being every every one of the fans were like shirtless and crazy. So like they were really hyping that up, and me being exposed to that was like okay, this is actually like something to care about. But the power went out, and it killed our audio. Of all things, it killed our audio. I don't know how this worked, but it killed our audio for the TV. But we had our radio, and my dad turned on 101, the Fox, which is the Chiefs station. They just moved over to a country station. I don't know about that move. But they, they, uh, their voice, Mitch Holtis, who's like, I don't know. He's the goat to me. So he uh, really sold me on it. I had no idea what his job even was. Uh, I'm pretty sure I probably described him as a narrator to my dad. But my specific memory that sticks out from that game is my childhood favorite player, uh, a.k.a. the first player I laid eyes on, like, you know, actually caring about football, was Dexter McCluster. Who was, who was probably like only 30 pounds heavier than me and a couple inches taller, which is probably why I like him so much because he's a small guy. <laughs> and he returned this punt for a touchdown in just the sleeting rain all the way about, I don't know, 90, 92 yards for a touchdown. And that's where the fans going crazy, all the shirtless fans going crazy, came into play, and everybody was shooting off fireworks. Mitch Holt was saying, touchdown, Kansas City, in a signature way. And I was like, oh. I mean, that's not how I reacted as a kid, but like that was like, that was my awakening of it. I would like to scream at sports for a living. <laughs> the dumbed-down version of it. I would like to get excited for a living over guys scoring touchdowns, runs, baskets, goals, you name it. And yeah, so thank goodness for that stormy night out in Triple Missouri slash Kansas City, Missouri <laughs> in 2000. That's amazing. I love that it brings such a crowd of people out and you never know what's going to happen. So I feel like that's another way that sports just breaks so many barriers because you never know what's going to happen and like it could be like five overtimes and it ends at like five in the morning like you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> me and my dad that was our thing with how we kind of meshed our relationship how we actually like found a dynamic that we liked that we were good at and it was sports and it also evolved into other small things but he and i would listen to basically every royals game from like from 2010 on to when I graduated in 2016. So we listened to every game either in his living room or outside. And uh, his, we just turned his truck up and we'd sit by a fire and we'd sit in our chairs and just kind of like listen to it. Or we'd drive around. Uh, we lived in these dirt gravel roads and we'd just go and relax and listen to it. And basically it went from listening to the Royals get – blown all the way the hell out by the Tigers, who were the favorites of the division, like 12 to nothing at times, to the Royals chasing the Tigers 
in for the wild card spot in first place in 2014, and then in 2015 when they won it all, and then and then they and then, and then we don't want to talk about 2016. That was disappointing, but that was expected. We we had our window. The the Royals had the window, and they absolutely seized it. But 2014 was incredibly special. I'll, I'll get to that later. We're gonna come, we're gonna we're gonna focus on what's special to to you real quick. So I want to ask, do you have do you have a moment from one of your favorite teams that that sticks out above the rest? And it can be one of those glamorous moments, and it can be one of the ones that people don't really uh, remember quite so often. Okay, um, that's a great question. Um, okay, so I used to live in Vancouver, Canada. Oh. Lived there for about five years. I know, crazy, um, but really great experience. Um, so I lived in Vancouver, Canada, and in 2015, there was the Women's World Cup. And I had the opportunity, I got, well, I got tickets to the final, the Women's World Cup final, which the U.S. was in, and they played against Japan. And I witnessed probably one of the greatest moments for per myself personally, because I was like in the, in the stands, my dad found these like cheap seats, but they weren't like, they weren't crappy seats. Like that was the thing. Like they were like pretty good location. Like yeah, the they were all have like a really good view. Like you need to see. Right. Like I feel like there. any spot like in a stadium, like you can see like really well, even if it's in the nosebleeds. Who cares? Yeah, that's what the broadcasters see in the booth, just like a little bit lower, but not that much. Exactly. But right. So. As I'm at this game, um, in within like the first, I would say five minutes, Carly Lloyd, complete beast. Um, she scores like almost immediately, and then a few minutes after that, another goal by Carly, and then like <laughs> I would say like it was like nearing halftime or something, and then another goal. So like, girl got a hat trick, and I was like, what? <laughs> like this was That's unreal. Weird not three. <laughs> right. I was like, it was so crazy to be able to experience like a moment like this, like while you're in the stands. And then when they ultimately like won the game, like the whole stadium like erupted, like it was in Canada, but like, I felt like more like at home, I guess, because like there were so many Americans in this stadium. Like, it was insane to see, like, this win, and I don't think I'm ever going to forget that moment because it was just so unreal. Like, I don't think I could ever see anything like that again. Uh, like, it's, it's like, you can't write this stuff. You can't make it up. Like, I, I literally thought, like, it was going to be, like, a 1-1 type of game. Like, it was going to be, like, back and forth action, but, like, it, it wasn't. It was, like, it was just unreal. Like, I can't even describe it. It's just, like, it always gives me goosebumps when I see, like, little clips of it or something. I'm like, wow, I remember that moment so vividly. 
So a bunch of Americans jumped the border over to Canada to watch, you know, Team USA do their thing. But also, I'm willing to bet and believe that they are also getting a nice two for one specialist from this Canadian beer, right? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Canadian beer and watching your team beat down and just show out. I don't I can't I can't really think of a of a better way to spend time. It was pretty pretty amazing. I I just I just can't even begin to like describe it. It was just like an amazing feeling to be able to witness I guess a piece of history and then like a few days later I go to um it was like they were having like a little celebration for the U.S. women's national team. It was like a place in Vancouver. Um, so being like the person I am, since I lived like maybe 15 minutes away from like where they're doing it, I was like, all right, let me get on the public transit. Um, so I just took like all these buses and like they had like, it was it's kind of like their subway system. It's called the SkyTrain. Shout out SkyTrain. Um, <laughs> So I, I basically like was like roaming all over the the city just to like go to this special event. Like I was wearing like my jersey and everything. Like I was decked out because um, I was like, hey, like this never happens, and I'm an American. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go all out. Um, so I went to this special crazy celebration thing, like. I got there. I was like one of the first people there. I was like, wow. So I got up to, I like made my way into like the front, like where the gate was, like they had like all the cameras and everything. And I was like, wow, this is unreal. So I was like, there's no one that I went with. So I was just by myself. Um, I crawled up to the front of the, the gate thing and like an hour passes by and then like everyone starts flooding in. And I was like, wow, this is getting kind of crazy i'm overwhelmed and then i start seeing like the players come out and i was like wow <laughs> i was like this is crazy i see um i see the first person i think i saw was heather o'reilly for the women's national team and i was like wow this is real okay <laughs> <laughs> i think i got a few clips that i remember taking that day because i was just like in awe i was in complete <laughs> awe of this moment I was like wow and then I met with um I saw Grant Wall I don't know if you're familiar uh Sports Illustrated writer I saw him outside there because I I remembered like his face I was like you look like Grant Wall and he's like wow I am and I was like <laughs> so I took a picture with him I was like can I get a picture and he was like, of course. And I was like, wow. Um, this is literally Tony Hawk. It's like, you got Tony Hawk. I am Tony Hawk. <laughs> I was like, this, like, it was like such an unreal day. And then, um, oh gosh, it, it was just like an amazing way to just send, send the uh, women's national team back to America. And I was like, ah, it's, it, it felt so much more special to me because I was living in Canada at the time and like we didn't really get to like go to like I didn't get I didn't really get a chance to go to a lot of you know women's national team 
you know, throughout the year or whatever. And this was like so much more personal. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is like a piece of me. So it was, it was so great to be able to experience that moment. I, mine, mine be in person, but it meant a lot in the same way. I, if I was, if I had seen this in person, hmm, uh, I probably would have tried to start, you know, you know, when any, when any underdog team beats, you know, like Bama, I would have tried to start, mm -hmm. you know, the rushing of the field in this moment. It probably wouldn't have worked out with, you know, all five, six of me. But <laughs> uh, me and my dad, going back to us listening to the Royals, it was 2014, and they started that the first year of that two-year magical run that oh, chills every time I think about it. It was the wild card game that they literally just destroyed themselves all year for, just to you know, just to finally snag a spot and to play in the athletics. And I kind of liked the athletics at the time. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, it was actually because of Moneyball. I was like. Yeah, Moneyball's cool. Moneyball has Brad Pitt in it. It has Jonah Hill. It's a good movie. But then they played the A's in her life, and I, I don't – I don't – honestly, I have a pretty uh, – just because of one player, I want to say his name is Jed Lowry. He, like, he like uh, dirty slid in Alcides Escobar. And so, like, we're all – as Royals fans, we're all, like, supposed to hate him now and the A's themselves. <laughs> But yeah, I think I like to believe it all started with this wild card game, just because of how back and forth it was, at least at the end. But wild card game, uh, so Royals getting crushed right off the bat. <laughs> it's not going well. The Royals haven't been in the playoffs since literally the last time they, the only time they won a World Series in '85. So we're all like. Oh, we're gonna party like it's 1985. Or at least I'm like copying all the adults saying that because I want to be on that bandwagon and I want to be like in the group. <laughs> but the Royals are getting blown all the way the hell out. Uh, I want to say James Shields started and he was like the godsend to the rotation that year. Like the Royals they didn't really have anybody, but then they got James Shields in a trade, also bringing in Wade Davis, who. Every Royals fan in 2014 hated, absolutely despised Wade Davis. And it's funny enough, it was when 2015, he, he's literally savior. I'm, he's one of my, he was my screensaver for a good two years. But Shields gets out of the game. Yordano Ventura, who could have had such a great career and tragically passed away, he comes in. And he gets taken deep in the worst possible moment because he's coming as a starting pitcher out of the, in relief. And so, like, Ned Yost, his job was, like, already on the line as manager. And that right there kind of, like, sealed the deal if it wasn't for Gerard Dyson and all the stolen bases he had that night. Because then the Royals came roaring back, tied it up, Lost the lead in extras, got it back, and me and my dad throughout the night we started to put we started the game actually on watching it on television, which we haven't done all year because we don't have that we don't have that channel. And it was on uh, I want to say it was on TBS. I want to say the game was on TBS, so we didn't have that. 
and we're watching at his friend's house. His friend has to like leave during the wild card game. And we're like, "Don't be Scott. It's the first time I've been in the in the in the playoffs since you were like my age." And so whatever, he's a loser. He leaves. <laughs> So we have to go, and we're listening in the car, and that's when Ventura gets taken deep. We're in the car, and we are pissed. Me more than my dad, because my dad has become like my dad's like numb to this at this point. He's watched the Chiefs and the Royals, and he's sixty-three. He's seen it all. He's just like, uh, he's just <laughs> shocked. <laughs> but I'm over here like, this is the year, man. I've been like, I haven't watched it for four years. I'm like, this is the year. So we get home. We're still listening, sadly, slumped over the couches. And then I start coming back and rattle off run and run and run and run, hit after hit, bag after bag. That's what speed do. The whole the 1738 thing is born. And then it comes down to Salvador Perez with a runner in scoring position, Christian Colon. And I believe Salvi was 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. At least four strikeouts. He was having he's wow. he's the face of the franchise. He came in in 2010, late 2010, 2011, early. Ah, my mind, my memory fails me for once. But he was at that point, he was the upcoming star face of the franchise player, and he is just absolutely just trouncing it in a bad way. So he comes up the plate. We all collectively groan. He's down. He has two strikes on him. I know that. And he takes this most horrific swing. And I don't play baseball. I stopped after freshman year because my coach didn't want to put me on the base pass as a pinch runner. But <laughs> but he took the he like had butt out shoulders butt, back was just it was like it was like a terrible deadlift technique you know like that was break your back style and and his arms are fully extended and he somehow wraps that thing around pulls it down the left field line and Josh Johnson who's like one of the best mm-hmm. third base hitters you know in the league at that time and for a few years after that. Barely grazes his glove. Third baseline in the left field. Clone comes home. Rose win. Me and my dad are literally crying and jumping around. Oh my gosh. And uh it was because it, it and it was it was beautiful basically. It was it was art. And it was funny for me because my dad has literally never gotten emotional over sports. But I like to believe after watching me and himself get fed up with the Royals for the last three to four years, he was just like, finally, my kid can like cheer for something besides the Chiefs because they had one good year in 2010 where I started. And then they were like, eh, decline until, you know, Andy Reid. But that's the moment that like, that's a, that's a moment that sticks up for me. I, I, I believe a lot of Royals fans that sticks out for them as well. But I mean, I like to I like to believe the whole run of the Royals started the year prior in 2013, with the season home finale against the Texas Rangers. Justin Maxwell, uh, I can I can tell you that no one outside any diehard Royals fan knows who that is. 
when he took a he took a full count bases loaded off of Joaquin Soria, who was a former Royal himself, very good pitcher for the Royals, took him to to a destination dinger for a grand slam walk off, and the Royals were were really fighting for a wild card spot, and it was like oh my god, the Royals are going to do it. And they did it, but it sparked it. I have to believe it sparked the two-year run. So that that little three-year, I guess three-year span, really uh, holds a deep place in my in my uh, my little sports heart. Hey, I I don't blame you at all. Like that's a pivotal moment to witness. It like, literally changed the franchise for like you know three years. But <laughs> right, that's probably one of the best parts. I mean. You, like, thought, like, they were obviously, like, you know, down on their luck. You didn't think they were going to make it out. But, look, they, they became champions, so. Yeah. They it's, it's all good. Smoking the <laughs> I uh, lived through it. Wrong. Um, another one I like to think about a lot. And stop me if you have any come to your head. Because I'm just like I'm digging these as I go along. Uh, there was one, and I want to say it was 2016. I want to say it was 2016 or mm-hmm. 2015. I don't know why I can't remember this one because this is a good one. But uh, it was a season opener for the Chiefs. Another season opener memory that just ah. Oh, Chiefs were getting spanked by the Chargers of all teams. They never get spanked by. They are down double digits in the fourth quarter. And me and my mom, season ticket holders, are are feeling it. And there was this Charger family behind us. And they had this obnoxious (laughs) sign. And they were obnoxious themselves. And I don't blame them because I would be obnoxious in any rival team stadium. But – Oh, yeah. But – the best part was I was saying to my mom, I was like, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to drop this game, but, like, look at the Chiefs' schedule after this. They go and play the Texans, and their quarterback is Brock Osweiler. So, like, we're going to pick up – the Chiefs will pick up that win. And, and they're the Chiefs. They have all this talent. They'll, they'll go on a, on a run. We're not, they're not going to be out of it whatsoever. Well, the Chiefs went on to make a run, come back, Tie it up, and then Alex Smith, you know, drives that team and proves all the doubters wrong, as I like to say, because you know, no one was Alex Smith's biggest fan, bigger than me. And he, uh, you know, he takes that read option or speed option, yeah, he takes that speed option into the end zone himself, game winner, one and zero. In the very next week, they go and lose to the to the Texans. <laughs> So, wow. so I was like, so I was like, okay, I got the first win, and I'm glad that it went that way because uh, somehow I guess losing to the Brock Osweiler led Texans is acceptable. So, a little irony there. Wild. <laughs> That's crazy. I love that though. So. With you write for the campus paper, you said, right? I do. Yes. So, how? What? What? What year did you start that? 
So I started it my sophomore year of uh, high school and college. Um, so now I'm I'm about to be a senior. So so it's been some time. Um, so I don't know. I've just always been. I've always liked writing, and I always wanted to like be get that more experience under my belt. I'm I'm a journalism major at my school, um, as well as you know wanting to get more into broadcast stuff. So I've been trying to utilize as much stuff out there to get under my belt. So whether whether it's like writing, whether it's you know doing interviews with coaches via broadcast and whatnot. I just like to get stuff, you know, so that I have stuff on hand and that I can continue practicing because that's the biggest thing. Like I'm always trying to like perfect the art of reporting because I know that is, it, it's always, it's always tough because you never know like how the other person is going to respond to your questions or however it may be because everyone is different and that's what I like about this field um, is because no one is the same person. I, I've probably interviewed probably 50 people and no person has been the same. And that's why I like it. I like that I don't know how it's gonna turn out and you just have to work with it and if they don't give you much to work with, you just gotta get something out of them. That's what I've learned. That's why I kind of like, anytime like I interview someone and like I know that they're a hard uh, person to talk to, like I try to like get something out of them like that they like to talk about. Like, like what's your favorite TV show? Like something that like completely is like super random um, so that they can open up to me more. <laughs> so that's what I like about it overall. That's what, that's what I basically enjoy about speaking with anybody, interview or not, even like kind of talking to someone before, you know, like, you know you're going to interview that person at one point in time, but like you just want to talk to them or beforehand. Oh, yeah. Like, get a feel for like what kind of person they are. And for like, I guess a, back, uh, a lack of better term is basically shoot the shit with them. Mm. Just, just talk about, like you said, like, talk about those random things or, or current things that are going on and like, it can just like, you know, diverge off anything else. And like, that's what I enjoy the most is like the human interest side of it. The backstory is like, like, Oh yeah. Like what's, what's up with the three time state finalists uh, out of Benton high school wrestling. Uh, what's his life like behind the scenes off the mat, blah, 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 stuff like that. And what makes, what makes them, you know, a person, not a wrestler or an athlete or anything like that, but like a, a person. Yeah, those type of stories are always fun to read and they actually make it more interesting to everyone. I've always been more intrigued at learning about other people. So it's, it's great to be able to have that outlet to, you know, use all that going forward. Now, what was your first experience like with any type of interview or just moment in the field? What was that like? I'm because okay. it, it can always vary. 
That's a great question. Um, okay, so the first interview that I did, I was volunteering with the Special Olympics. Um, I was actually like a volunteer videographer, whatever it was. I don't even know the title they gave me. But I would like basically make content for the Special Olympics. I would do videos. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of so, something like that. I would like do videos of the like, interviews with the players and stuff. It was actually really fun. But like, okay, so the first interview I ever did, it was kind of like, I feel like it was so, it was probably really bad. Like, go, looking back at it now, but it, it gave me so much experience that I probably never would have gotten if I hadn't have done that. Cause like, I I just had like someone like take me. And so I asked like some of the athletes um, a few questions. I didn't, I didn't really didn't have an agenda. I didn't really, you know, after I've been going to college, like I now know like they have to have like, you know, five W's and H, you know, journalism, <laughs> journalism, uh, life book. Right. Um, but you know, back then, like, I didn't really know all that. I was just kind of going off the cuff, which is kind of like what I do now, but, like, I have more structure to whatever I'm asking. Um, but, yeah, like, my first interview, it was completely awful. I would, I would ask such superficial questions that probably were so bad, um, but now, like, I actually, like, try to dig more into the person and just, like, the game more and just I try to make it more meaningful that makes sense oh yeah you want to you, you don't want them to feel like their time's being wasted right you're just there to fill your quota like hey give me a give me a cool quote or give me a just give me a quote about oh you uh you threw the game oh, yeah. pass or how did how did it feel to win a state championship? Oh, oh it gosh. felt great. Man. I hate those type of questions where they, like, the interviewer talks down on the other person. Like, like I hate those type of questions. I'm, like, the type of person that's just, like, I will ask something, but, like, not make them feel like they have to answer. Like, you know, like, it's whatever. But it's just, like, hey, like, you're feeling up for it. Like, what do you think about this? just like try to like make it like a fun interview i guess mm -hmm. so it's not like you know, bombarding them with a million and five questions about like topics that are just like super personal or something it's just like i don't want to do that it's too touchy like okay i get it yeah this is uh, a small water we're not iced tea in it, you know. <laughs> right like come on <laughs> it's not or are you on the night of brett Favre's 500 touchdown pass you know Stuff. yeah <laughs> That was amazing, jeez. But so so basically, like, yeah. Anytime a first interview, I uh, I have a few like stumbles and then a few like good ones. And my I guess I would say my first stretch reporting. I can't remember a lick of any of my interviews from my uh, my freshman year on the paper. I was mm -hmm. in spring semester as a reporter on the sports desk. And my beat was the softball team, and thank goodness they were so good. Like every other team, that's awesome. Every other team at Missouri Western was like, you know, they were good, or they were so-so. The basketball teams, men weren't that good. They just weren't that good. They had single-digit wins. They're good now. Uh, new two new coaches since then, both who just really put them on the map in D two. 
And then baseball was right there on the cusp of being good. And then there's softball in the spring. And then uh, track and field was like, they just started. So like we didn't know, we didn't know what to expect. So softball is just killing it. And that's why I'd say every, every uh, desk me like, like Derek, how's softball doing? I'm like, they're killing it. They're in Hawaii. They just won, you know, a double header. So I'm like, there's nothing else new going on. <laughs> How wrong I was probably because there's always something going on. But I remember my interviews being so probably generic with these softball players. But I always felt so awkward because I was freshly turned eight, uh, 19. And I'm, most of these players I'm interviewing were like 21, 22. And – there's just like a line of maturity, obviously, <laughs> between uh, a, uh, about to graduate senior athlete and a kid who uh, who has like no not, no idea what he's doing, but like you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, I've been there. I'm still like, there. Let's be real. <laughs> having to like first off get in touch with him is the worst. Because oh, I didn't want yeah. to do it first. I was like, oh yeah. Do I? Because like at Missouri Western our emails are just connected. So I'm just like, uh, um, you all. <laughs> oh, there's our email. But no, we have to go through the SID, which is obviously the correct way to go. And once I got, you know, once he came to our class, he was like, hey, this is how you uh, do that. I'm like, yeah, we'll go, through it. we'll go through you first, Nick. Don't worry. So, but still, I, I'm just like, do you want to meet at the, uh, the library? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how to go about these things. But as time progressed, the best thing for me was basically studying, doing my research. Yeah. And there is there's these two distinct interviews my sophomore year in the fall semester when I became a sports editor. One was really good. One was polar opposite. So back on the softball beat, this is this had to be later in the semester because we were doing a preview on it. But I asked, I'm asking Coach Trotter, who's been there for 20 plus years, and I'm asking her about her her previous seasons and like what this means to this and that and the players she's worked with. And I'm like bringing up a lot of like you know I'm bringing up facts, factoids, nuggets, all this stuff from previous years. And she's like, I could tell you did your research. This is really good. And and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling really confident. And I probably shouldn't have been. I can't remember when these interviews corresponded, which one took place first. I'm pretty sure this other one did, the bad one. Because I interviewed the volleyball team for a preview. Oh. I was, first off, intimidated as all get out and it's a really at the time it was a really shallow reason i didn't know how to talk to a tall woman oh man i didn't know how to i didn't know how to do that i didn't because i just felt i was like i'm i'm so sure i don't they're just gonna look down on me and like I'm gonna be stuttering and then it's gonna be like this kid's a joke. So what I did, it worked out, but then it didn't. What I did is I interviewed their senior libero, who was always the shortest player. 
So like, I'm like, mm, sticking ahead here. <laughs> we sit down on the bleachers. I'm on my way to sitting down as I'm fumbling through my apps to get to my voice memos. I drop my phone no. right in front of her. Oh. And it just opens up my Instagram. My Instagram's just there. And it's nothing. Oh, gosh. I don't have a Finsta or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but It just pops up. What's up? You want to follow me on Finsta? No, but if, if my Instagram's up there. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Follow me there at DCG11, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Anywho, last season, Coach was pregnant mid-season. <laughs> Interview goes on, but that was such a terrible start. Oh my gosh! Comparing contrast of these two interviews is is basically um is that when you're at, at point A when you start and point B and then evolving over time and to the point where it's just like a conversation like we were talking about earlier, which is yeah. my favorite stage of any relationship with any player or coach that you can just like talk to them. And there's a line of, you know, ethics, talking to them as a friend and talking to them as a, you know, oh, yeah. me. But, like, you know when to turn it off. Uh, for example, this, this kid uh, I kind of grew invested in. He's a state stud, state champ wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. Was a runner-up three times. And I watched two of those matches and I knew of him beforehand because I was a wrestler in high school and college so like I knew of him I knew in the school he's from you know in the area was in the same area as my school so like I'm, I'm just like invested and I get to know this kid personally a little bit so like at that point he got to his senior year and he lost in the last 30 seconds of his uh, state championship match which is reminiscent of his previous year and I was like I was gutted for him and and part and like the selfish part of me was like I really wanted him to win for the story. And the other part of me was like, I really wanted him to win for him. I really wanted him, you know, to finally come out on top. But I knew from past experiences that he was gonna feel down, uh, as anyone would probably feel down after something like that. So when I interviewed him, before I interviewed him, I asked if he was okay, obviously. I asked if he was good to go because uh, you know how high school kids are, how any athlete is after losing, mm. uh, if they're good to go. And he went through it like a champ. He had some really good quotes and his, his, his vocabulary. My God. <laughs> I was like, oh, did, you wrestle, did you just wrestle a state championship match? You just got your brains rocked. Not, you, didn't get, you didn't get rocked around. like <laughs> You just got – a pretty intense physical match and you're over here using things i can't even think of right now because i wouldn't even no, know that's amazing adjutatious adjutatious you know uh advantage it's like a synonym of yeah. advantage. if i can't say it i just like i'd rather not because then like someone's gonna be like you know you didn't even pronounce that right i'm like okay I'm, I'm I'm <laughs> announcing and pronouncing i am i have a bad little lisp when it comes down to it sometimes but he was very professional and then like afterwards like i could just tell like he was holding it and i was like so how are you feeling like outside of uh wrestling like are you cool um and he like kind of like let it go and i was just i just like gave him like 
I tried to steer away from giving him the cliche pep talk of someone who's formally done the sport and and just say I I guess gave him the talk that a lot of wrestlers wrestling coaches would give of hey wrestling like builds character and it builds strength so right there you just I mean three straight years of coming to this moment and losing takes a lot of strength to like walk away your head how high blah 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 gave him a little hug and then he was just like, when I turn 21, I'm going to the bars. And I was like, damn it, Christian. <laughs> oh, my heart. That's so sweet. <laughs> this coach came over. He was like, had to talk with Christian go. And I didn't even, like, acknowledge the interview part of it. I just acknowledged, like, how he was feeling. Because, like, he knows. He knows how the thing works. But that's my favorite part is developing those relationships. And, and, and just, because, you know, that's the meat of it is the people's stories and and how relationships affect them the, the emotion to it the emotion is what sells oh, yeah. me and everything i wear my uh, emotions on my sleeve so with sports i like really like to connect myself to it emotionally when it comes to uh some you know chiefs super bowl victories i i had to like bring it in for a second and be like don't win it's okay but emotion basically is i don't know how i got from dropping my phone and instagram to that <laughs> but that was a crazy little uh, a. a b to z yes that's what i do i mean i feel like i'm 10 times worse i will talk about like some game and then i'll just get into like twitter oh that's fun or some like random <laughs> video that i saw and like fine a million years ago <laughs> like every moment like you can't oh, let no, vine could... die do not let vine die kate i'm trying not to you know we gotta let it we gotta let it live because tiktok is running because i know tiktok's becoming over our it's becoming the world um we can't let that happen all these dances uh, i can't do I that I can't do it. I give up. I throw in the towel. Can't do it. <laughs> okay. okay. We've gone for about an hour. So one more topic. It's going to be kind of similar. Uh, what's a moment? What's a moment that sticks out in the sports casting part of it for you? Like, have your first crack at any sideline reporting or anything like that? So I haven't actually done like sideline reporting like at my school, but I actually started like filming myself just like, like at my house filming stuff. Like there's a game on back of me. And I'll just be like calling out the game as if, as if I'm, calling the game so I've been doing that just to like get some practice under my belt and I was actually supposed to cover sideline stuff broadcast this past spring but you know around to happen um and we're still in this pandemic but you know what I feel like it's it's great to be able to 
you know, talk to people that are in this field, um, kind of like what we're doing right here. It's, it's great because I, aside from this pandemic, like I would have never been able to do this. And it's given me such a great outlet to be able to make some content and talk to people, which is stuff that I enjoy doing. So it's, kind of like a fun hobby in a way but it's like a hobby that I want to turn into a career so it's like I love it and so being gaming is NFL sideline reporting right that, that's where we're trying to head where do you want to head what's your what's your end goal mine, mine I want to be uh I want to be NFL pro NFL Pro, that's redundant. I want to be in the NFL level, radio or TV. Um, I mean, they only let the tall guys on TV, it seems like. But, you know, maybe, maybe those, those haters, guys. those haters. I'm riding at five feet tall, and you know what? Whatever. <laughs> maybe they'll give me a step stool so I can so I can stand next to, to Kevin Harlan. I'm gonna get some lifters in my shoes as well. I would never come <laughs> to Kevin Harlan though, because uh, he's how I play, and I'm going to play. Uh, to Booger, if he's still to Booger McFarland, if he's still if he's still rolling, and uh, I'm not gonna jinx myself on what time it gets heck there. Heck yeah, heck yeah, gonna knock on wood. Yes. But uh, I'd like to do I'd like to do MLB as well. But I like NBA. NBA ba- basketball in general is so exciting, and like my ideal situation would be either the voice of a team, or I have like a beat for a team, but for a mm-hmm. network like CBS. Uh, Fox Sports One, uh, mm-hmm. Fox, whatever, and that would be my beat each week, and the same kind of deal for uh, either MLB or the NBA. Uh, do some college if I could. Uh, it's hard because I love I love all three sports and I love other you know other sports like wrestling, um, and it's I mean that's about I can do a little soccer I'm not like the most you know savvy with it but those that's me with baseball so I completely understand <laughs> I mean I can get the goal part and that's like about it <laughs> but that the big three basically if mm-hmm. I had to choose down to it I would love to do football and and basketball um, That's awesome. And then, um, so if I could go from my first moment calling a play-by-play, which is for baseball uh, at Missouri Western, mm-hmm. to uh, in a booth on ESPN, or calling a national championship of some degree, that would be uh, that would be nice. And my first experience with. Uh, Finally getting a chance to do play-by-play came in, I want to say, yeah, it was last year. It was last March. I just looked at the other day. March 17th, Missouri Western versus Washburn. The Ichabods, that's the, that's the mascot at Washburn. It's very nice. Um, I believe Missouri Western won like eight to three or something. And they ultimately lost the series. But I finally got called in. Uh, my boss at the athletic department, God bless him, Ryan Minley, he had, like basically helped me gain my platform, gain like a footing of some degree to do what I want to do. And 
as my voice cracked. <laughs> and the funny, funniest part about it was he set it up, but he didn't text me to come over there. Like he knew I wanted to do it. But the person who did text me, who was uh, a tennis player at Western and intern for him as well, doing like video or scoreboard work, was my most recent, not my most recent, my only, but my recent ex-girlfriend. And her seat working the scoreboard was right next to my little nice tall little stool doing play-by-play. So we're on good terms. We're on good terms now. We're on good terms then. Still a little awkward. Because, you know. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, can you imagine if I just like completely blow this and suck so bad, kick rocks? She's gonna think I'm the worst thing ever. <laughs> and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be absolutely bodied behind her back for years to come. But it didn't go so bad. And luckily Missouri Western won. But hey, that's awesome. So so for any uh for any future I haven't had a color commentator yet. I haven't had any analysts in any play by play. except for a few in baseball mm-hmm. thought I'll shout out to Chris Tinpenny and Brett Howry. But awesome. But yeah, that's gonna be my level of uh, of um, <laughs> my step progress between uh, analysts, commentators, my ex, my two best friends, <laughs> and we'll see where that happens, where that takes me uh, in the next month. Hopefully, knock on wood. Hey, things things are happening. I feel like the best thing though is to just find something out there and just keep making something that's been the biggest thing for me is like not doing something is is crucial uh it's saying like hey i don't care so that's why i'm constantly like trying to make something uh even though like there was like really no it felt like there was no school or anything happening no sports (laughs) past march 13th or whatever weird i don't even know how i remember a random day um it's been a memory for the rest of time because it is now traumatic <laughs> right and it doesn't even feel like it's july and summer is already over kate like it's done it's ridiculous <laughs> i am just so ready to see what the rest of this year holds and hopefully we get some sports but I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think that's going to be happening because so many people are getting tested positive and it's, it's just, it's a sad time right now. It's like sports are meant to be there to unwind and like, I can't even have that. We can all hope be optimistic and whatnot, but no context no no arguments or anything just top of your head the seasons are supposed to start here soon mm-hmm. uh for N- nba and mlb who's your nba champ who's your nba finals matchup and then the champ oh that is a i mean okay that is a good one i'm gonna stay loyal to atlanta right now 
people are gonna hate me for this, but you know what? Hawks are on the come up. Hey, Trey Young. Trae Young. You know what, Trey Young. I honestly think like this team, they're so young and they can really come out on top. And who do I think that they're going to match up against in this imaginary final? Watch this like actually happen. We come back like <laughs> when it's actually coming time. And like, I, <laughs> I actually thought of it. Wow. Um, I'm going to say the Hawks and I'm, I'm thinking of, now, now this is like the hard part. Um, either like I was gonna say the Bucks. Oh. I'm just gonna try to say like a random team. So, so I mean, your favorite? Oh, there are two favorites in in uh in the West, and that's you know the city of LA and their two. Oh yeah. Million dollar or billion. Dollar I was gonna people. say the Warriors. Yeah, no. Those are like, <laughs> they're like everyone's favorite. But honestly, I don't really know. I feel like I need to read more up on these teams right now. It's like really hard to like narrow down like how they play and everything. Like you haven't seen them play in like months, <laughs> let alone seen a basketball in months. So it's kind of hard to judge that just yet so i'm gonna assume oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes pray to trey young mm-hmm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm really riding this luca bandwagon okay week. i'm gonna ride it with the mavericks against you know, i was thinking of them i was like okay i'm gonna ride it with the mavericks and the bucks Luca is just—I don't know. I saw this comedian say Luca is basically—he makes Michael Jordan look like trash. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's—he's he's a madman on the court. He's just like all over the place. And I, I watched a live Michael Jordan. I watched the Last Dance. I know, you know, I know about Michael Jordan. Obviously, I've seen Michael Jordan in these highlights. But I mean, I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna ride the meme. I'm gonna ride a Luca. Against Giannis, though, yeah, I'm going to say Giannis grabs a ring against the Mavericks. Oh, heck yeah. There we go. I mean, it's Giannis. It's Greek Freak. Who could hate that? Oh, I I like watching him play. He's always so fun. (laughs) Well, Kate, do you have anything you want to plug before you unplug from Zoom? Oh, I like how you said that. Oh my gosh, you need to put that on a sticker. <laughs> um, honestly, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I thought this was like a YouTube video. I was like, oh yeah, plug my merch. What's the job function here right now? Yeah, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> Um, I have a YouTube channel, but it's like, mm, it's not good. So yeah, don't do it's that. It's my portfolio stuff. It's just there. You're right. Half of it is unlisted. Yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't, yeah, it's unlisted. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Only people that have the link can search it. So <laughs> if you have the link, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been really fun. I'm, I'm so happy that we got the you know, chat and everything. This has been great. Most of 
All my few uh, little connections have been like, you know, just through little DMs and whatnot. Some nice little fun memes throughout a uh, throughout messaging or commenting or whatever. But this is good. Uh, just actually talking to somebody about the field. It's always oh yeah. Fun. It's always fun seeing like that. There's people out there, and they don't just like you know hide behind their. Profiles and whatnot—they're actually real people. That's crazy. Just like we said about the people who we watched on TV as kids. Hey, they're people too. I know, right? Isn't that wild? <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, that's what makes everything come together. It's just like we're all here, and they're here too. So, might as well make the most of it. Well, okay, okay. Eastern time, so it's five oh, o'clock somewhere, right? It is. So, I mean, you know what that means. I know what that means for me. Oh, yeah. Happy hour. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do whatever you do at uh, five o'clock. Enjoy your day. Uh, thank you so much for talking with me. And of course. Thank you again for having me. This, is, this has been fun. This has been a blast. Exactly how I wanted to follow up my door dashing by quickly saying, enjoy your meal to somebody and not having an actual conversation. An actual conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, I don't know what it is. It's like when you go out in public, like you, I don't know about, <laughs> about you, but like when I go out and like I don't want to see anyone, like I, like I'm happy like we have the mask because like, hey, I seem very approachable to people, so they're like, hey, like, where's this and where's that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Oh, I got my mask on, and I leave these on as well, and I'm basically, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like an ominous at this point. Wow, so you're like a local celebrity, you're like, I can No, no, not even, not even the whiff of that, no, I just, I just don't want to make eye contact. <laughs> no, that's good, too, that's good. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take that into account because I, I I don't know what it is it's like they see me they're like let me go up to her she knows what she's talking about I'm like do I do I have the answers because I don't think I do <laughs> because okay. I don't you shouldn't trust your judgment about me so you know exactly exactly hey five o'clock somewhere enjoy yourself thank you so much for talking with me you have a lovely day and a lovely rest of your quarantine. I'll hit you up soon. Sounds like a plan. You have a good one. Well, I hope you enjoyed that marathon of a podcast up an episode hour and 15 minutes. And we're just adding to it right now as I film this little outro. Now at 2.36 in the morning after all that editing. And hopefully this is my only run through of the outro. Thank you so much to Kate Norm for being uh, a good sport. Pun intended. Okay, let's, uh, let's just wrap this up. Thanks a lot, Kate. Uh, a lot of fun talking to her. And she clearly is on the right path. As for me, my path should be right where I am right now. Getting in bed. Because I got a lot to do tomorrow and a lot more content to make. And you guys will see just what I'm talking about here pretty shortly, actually. Um, hold me to it. Because I sure as hell won't. <laughs> For myself, Derek Zimmerman Guy, this has been the Optimistic Guy, and we are signing off.